Hello, welcome back to the Public Health Report. I am your host, Melissa Palafox, and this week I will be summarizing some compelling public health articles I came across this week that struck my interest. Today, we'll be talking about recent monkeypox infection cases, why it took so long to determine COVID-19's transmission pathway, harassment of public health officials during quarantine times, and a critical review of art therapy on mental health rehabilitation. Hope you find this week's report insightful and interesting enough to spark more public health conversations among your peers. Let's get into it. Our first story is a report on monkeypox virus infections in humans across 16 countries. This article is a compilation of a group of clinicians who contributed to an international case series where they all described the presentation, clinical course, and outcomes of confirmed monkeypox virus infections. Because the transmission, risk factors, clinical presentation, and outcomes of monkeypox are poorly defined, They hoped to get a little more clarity with these case series and maybe notice a pattern. This group of clinicians used the UK Health Security Agency definition of a confirmed case, which is defined by a positive result on monkeypox virus PCR assay in a specimen from an anatomical site. They eventually confirmed 528 infections diagnosed between April 27th and June 24, 2022. At 43 sites in 16 countries, all within Europe, the Americas, Western Pacific, and Eastern Mediterranean, 98% of the persons with infection were gay and bisexual men, 75% were white, and 41% had HIV. The median age was 38 years old, and the median incubation period was 7 days. One of the methods used to determine these findings was a recording of the patient's sexual history. Sexual activity, largely among gay or bisexual men, was by far the most frequently suspected route of transmission. With this large number of cases in such a small period of time, these clinicians urge vigilance when examining unusual acute rashes in any person, even heterosexual people. There should not be any discrimination among the LGBTQ community due to their high vulnerability. Because viruses know no borders or sexuality, the world needs to move cohesively and quickly to close knowledge gaps and to contain the outbreak. Our next article reflects on the controversy of accepting the main transmission pathway for COVID-19. Why did it take so long for public health officials and organizations to confirm this method of transmission and take needed action earlier? There were debates of transmission pathways, either being by touch or airborne transmission. The WHO declared on March 28, 2020, that COVID-19 was not airborne. However, the WHO gradually softened this stance. First, they conceded that airborne transmission was possible but unlikely. Then finally, they declared on April 30, 2021, that transmission of COVID-19 through aerosols was highly likely. The authors sought to explain this controversy and delay of acceptance through a historical analysis of transmission research in other diseases. They analyzed disease research from various times, including since 116 BCE, where swamps and mosquitoes were the sole focus of disease transmission, even the cholera outbreak in 1854. It wasn't until 1962 where scientists succeeded in demonstrating airborne transmission of tuberculosis through extensive efforts. 
Thus, TB was the first important natural disease to be accepted as airborne in modern times, which still created some persistent resistance in accepting airborne infection. The authors emphasized that there was a lack of attention to details of the physics of airborne transmission. If officials would have accepted this method of transmission earlier in the pandemic, there would have been earlier implementations for mask mandates and rules for social distancing, thus slowing the spread of COVID-19 earlier. In the end, the acceleration of interdisciplinary research inspired by the COVID-19 pandemic has shown that airborne transmission is a major mode of transmission for this disease and is likely to be significant for many respiratory infectious diseases, including the rise of monkeypox. The third article analyzed and quantified harassment of health officials during the early pandemic. Harassment to our local health officials is a significant threat to the public's health as well as the community morals. Criticism in public health is not new. Before COVID-19, state and territorial health officials faced opposition from members of the public for supporting efforts that the majority did not agree with, like banning youth vaping and the sale of flavored e-cigarettes. The same criticism was still met even during the pandemic and quarantine times, but it was definitely heightened. Backlash was met due to new policies like school closures and mask mandates, which were implemented to stop the spread of COVID-19 during an already highly vulnerable time. The authors urged to provide a path forward and aimed at community unity. Some recommendations are longer term, but equally important and include mitigating political pressures that have led some members of the public to intimidate and vilify the public health work. Although political pressures will definitely be hard to diffuse ahead of November 2022, where we will have 36 state elections. On a less political note, my final article is a critical review on the role of art therapy in the promotion of mental health. According to VeryWellMind.com, art therapy utilizes a creative process to help people explore self-expression. Through this, it will help the artist gain personal insight, develop new coping skills, and foster healing. These can even translate and improve their interpersonal relationships as well. Art therapy intervention deals with any form of creative expression, whether that is through painting, drawing, or crafting. The authors conducted a thorough literature analysis on art therapy being used to treat three diseases, mood disorders, schizophrenia, and dementia. However, after much analysis, they found that there is an inadequate data to support the effectiveness of art therapy. Because there aren't clear guidelines or more concise studies, they felt that more powered, high-quality trials with relevant outcome measures are required and more research is needed on this subject. The WHO also stated in World Health Report 2001 that just a small proportion of the over 45 million people worldwide who suffer from mental and behavioral problems are appropriately cared for, which emphasizes the importance of mental health prevention, treatment, and rehabilitation. That is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you liked today's report. Again, I am Melissa Palafox, and this was a Public Health Report. Check out our website, publichealthpodcasters.com. So that's where you can access more of our episodes and learn more about the Public Health Podcast and Media Network. Again, that's publichealthpodcasters.com. Have a great day.